In your Bibles tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 28, I have the privilege as a pastor to do lots of funerals. Some of them are joyful occasions because you know that that person is with the Lord and they've lived a long, precious life. Uh, You may think it kind of sounds odd, but there are some funerals I really love. Have you ever been to a funeral? You just loved being there. It was a blessing. Hallelujah. There are other funerals that I have the privilege of doing that aren't so fun. On many occasions, I've done the funerals of young people who've wasted their lives with, uh, as the Bible would say, riotous living. And I'm thinking as we come to 1 Samuel chapter 28, I'm thinking of the life of King Saul. And I was trying to ask the Lord what to title this message. And over and over again, the word waste comes to my mind. And tonight's message is titled this, Saul, what a waste. Saul, what a waste. And I'm thinking about these funerals so many I've attended and often had the opportunity to preach where you sit and the visitation and receive your friends and you watch pictures that go across the screen and memories and days when that person's life was sound and true and good before the sin ruined them. You think about these lives and the waste of a life and the waste of an opportunity. When you look at Saul, you see such a waste. In the pictures that come across the screen of my mind, I told my Sunday school class this morning, I really hope in heaven that God has this, got this awesome video system because I want to see in real life so many of the Bible stories. Like I want to see the expressions on their faces. I want to watch the things that happen. I want to see the plagues. And I really hope that I'm able to have that on demand, you know, DVR'd in heaven, you know. Uh, I'm sure it'll be better than I can imagine. I know that to be true. But uh, I'm thinking about Saul. And in the, uh, the pictures that cross my mind about the life of Saul, as I see Saul as a young man, Back earlier in the book of 1 Samuel, when the Bible says he was head and shoulders above everybody else, he was a goodly man, young man. Uh, I'm thinking about a man that's prime, a man with uh, great opportunity. I, I think about Saul, and I see pictures of Saul in his early, early days as the king of Israel uh, with great victory leading the nations of Israel. But it won't be long, actually about two years into Saul's reign before Saul really falls off the wagon and begins a downward spiral that leads to a message like this tonight. Saul, what a waste. Saul, what a waste. Because as we watch the pictures of Saul go across the screen and flash before our faces, we see a man that is on decline. But Saul's not on decline because... He was a womanizer or a drunkard or a drug addict. Saul's on decline and Saul's life is a waste because Saul was ruled by his pride. Saul was ruled by his envy. Saul was ruled by the yearning to get even. Saul was ruled by faithlessness that caused him to fear. And folks, I want you to know something. It is very possible to waste your life and never drink a drop. It's very possible to waste your life and never do a bad thing as far as drugs and that type of thing goes. It's 
very possible to ruin your life and live an exemplary Christian life on the outside. Saul, what a waste. Saul's greatest sin was that Saul of Saul more than anything else. And Saul was unwilling when he had the opportunity to seek the Lord. And Saul was unwilling when he had the opportunity to repent of his sin. Saul was unwilling to turn to the Lord, but he was ruled by his pride. May the Lord help us not to fall into the same trap. Saul, what a waste. Saul, what a waste. Look with me in 1 Samuel chapter number 28. We'll begin our reading in verse number 3. The Bible says, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him, and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. I want to remind you of something. We talked last week about the gathering of the Philistines. You know, David, he is uh, kind of doing something silly right now. He's moved away and he's moved into the uh, into Gath and he is actually a resident in Gath. He's tricking uh, the king of Gath and he's uh, at a moment here when the Philistines and the Hebrews are getting ready to fight and David is in a spot. Do you remember that? David's in a spot. Uh, the Philistines have asked him to fight against the Hebrews and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do right now. Well, that war is beginning and here's what Saul is seeing. Saul is seeing a great group of people gathering together and he's wondering what in the world are we going to do. Verse number 5, when Saul saw the host of Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that, I, that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said to him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swear to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? 
And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee, and has become thine enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of Philistines. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. We come to this interesting story, 17 verses there. And Saul has come to the place where he sees the armies of the Philistines gathering, and like any man that's running from God, fear is his ruler. Look, if you turn your back on God, you have every reason to be afraid. But if you'll put your trust in Him, you can claim the promise that the Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. But if God is not with you, and God is not your God, then you have every reason to fear. Saul is scared to death. He sees the armies of God. He's looking to go to God to get some sign and some direction. In years past, he's gone to the prophet Samuel for some help. But more than that, he's gone to himself to try to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish for himself with no regard to God. Folks, let me tell you something. A godless life is no way to live. And there are lots of Christian people who have a salvation experience who live a godless life and you may just be one of them. You see, what's it mean to be godly? It means to give regard to God. What does it mean to be ungodly? It means to give no regard to God. It is very possible that as a child you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. But a long while ago you quit asking the Lord for direction. You quit seeking the Lord for clarity. You quit yearning in your heart to please Him. And Saul was that way. And now Saul finds himself in a very troubling spot. And what does he do? He says, I need God. I need God. You know something sweet? If you're here today and you've rejected the Lord over and over again, I'm confident at this moment in your life, if you'll humble yourself and ask the Lord to help you and you'll repent of your sin and you'll begin to walk with the Lord, He'll meet you where you are and He'll help you. But there's coming a time in all of our lives when the opportunity to turn to the Lord is over. At this moment in Saul's life, the opportunity to repent and turn is coming to a swift conclusion. I'm confident that if Saul had really repented, had Saul really turned to the Lord at this moment, he could have had peace with God again. Moments coming where he can't turn. It's too late. So we see Saul 
going to desperate measures. What's Saul do? Saul, the very man who has commanded that in the nation of Israel that all the wizards, familiar spirits, all the spiritism has got to go. The same man that's commanded that in the nation of Israel there'll be no familiar spirits, no witchcraft, is now in a desperate moment and he seeks out a woman with a familiar spirit. Most people call her the witch of Endor. And I think that's very appropriate because she was a witch in Endor. He goes to the witch of Endor and he dresses in a disguise. He makes a little trip from where he is to Endor, disguises a common man and goes before the witch of Endor and says, I want you to help me. The witch of Endor, not knowing who he is at the time, says, look, you know Saul's kicked out all the wizards and I don't want to get caught. I don't want to be in trouble. And Saul does the most ridiculous thing. You know what Saul does? He swears to the witch in the name of Jehovah God that you have nothing to worry about. That drives me nuts. You did what? He says, I swear by Jehovah. And as sure as God is alive... You're not going to get in trouble for this. I have no respect for Saul. It's a sad situation. Saul, oh, what a waste. It's an interesting story. It's a dark story, a night story in the Bible because here comes Saul in his disguise to the quarters of a witch. He assures the witch that she'll not get in trouble. But all I want you to do is call up the person from the dead that I give you the name. She finally decides to do so and she says, all right, who is it? He says, Samuel. Samuel the prophet. The old witch experiences something she's not ever experienced before. It's an interesting story because what Saul, Saul says, I want to talk to Samuel immediately for some reason. She knows now all of a sudden, you've deceived me, you're Saul. He says, you just call do what I said. She calls up Samuel from the dead. But I want you to see this old witch. She'd played tricks and she'd fooled with demons and she was bad. But she's never experienced what she's getting ready to experience because she's used to bringing up demons that impersonate people. By the way, if you're tempted to go around these fortune tellers and you're tempted to delve into this spiritism and occult and these folks who say they can call up the dead, you need to run for your life. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from thee. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And if you see demons all the time, it's because you think about demons all the time. You run to Christ. You run to Jesus. And God will free you from that trash. Oh, Saul, let's call up Samuel. And that witch experiences something she hadn't experienced ever before. She experiences God, something real. As a matter of fact, she calls up the way she always calls up gods and calls up people. And when she calls up Samuel, she screams. You hear that witch scream? Let me tell you who can scare a witch. Let me tell you who can scare the devil. Jehovah God. Old Saul, he may have been 
saying the name of God in vain, but God was in work, was, God was at work, and God was proving himself. That old witch screamed, and Saul says, what did you see? He said, I saw God descending. What did they look like? An old man in a hood. Saul perceived it was Samuel. Saul asked Samuel, he says, what am I supposed to do? The Lord has departed from me. The Lord has departed from me. Samuel let Saul know, Saul, you've wasted your life. Saul, you've wasted your opportunity. Saul, you've wasted privilege that God would have afforded you. Saul, tomorrow, you and your sons are going to die. And the Hebrew people are going to be defeated by the Philistines. The end of the story looks like this. Saul is so grieved that he lays out prostrate. He's so weak he can't get up. It's an interesting last part of the story. You ought to read it sometime. It's just a few verses. Verses 21 through 25. The witch turns into a mother. She fixes a meal and tries to feed him and give him strength. But the indictment has happened. Saul, oh, what a waste. Saul, what a waste. May the Lord help us not to fall into the same trap as Saul. Let's consider just a few things. Number one, Saul had no word from the Lord. If you get to the place in your life where you're not hearing from the word of God, if you get to the place in your life where you're unwilling to listen to the preaching of God's Word, if you get to the place in your life where you're unwilling to be moved by the Spirit of God, if you get to the place in your life where you think you know more than anybody else, then you're in a dangerous spot and you're on the verge of wasting your life. You see, Saul had got so arrogant and so proud, so full of pride and rage, that the end result was God stopped Talking to him. Look what the Bible says. In verse number 3, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. The Bible wants to make sure you know that Saul, when he became the king, he kicked out all the divining. He'd kicked out all the Satanism. He'd kicked out all the terrible things. By the way, let me give you a warning. And I'm not saying this is about everybody that uses the word holistic. But I'm just telling you, there's a strong movement of the devil in the holistic world. In the holistic world, it's the worship of the earth. It's the worship of the creature rather than the creator. Be careful. Saul had kicked out the familiar spirits, verse before, and the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Gilboa and Saul saw the host. He was afraid. His heart greatly trembled. So what did Saul do? Saul inquires of the Lord. Verse number 6. And Saul inquired of the Lord. The Lord answered him not. What's a sad day, isn't it? He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord answered him not. Neither by dreams nor by Urim. This word Urim literally means light. Urim was stones that would have been put on the priest's garments. But Urim, some people believe that the word Urim lights, it's like a stone, but some people believe that, that 
they could pray and God would light up the lights and point them in the right direction. Saul was trying everything. He got his light up stones and they didn't work either. Urim, nor by prophets. No word from the Lord. Folks, if you've got the place where you can just keep sinning and keep sinning and what used to make you feel guilty doesn't make you feel guilty anymore, I want you to understand something. You're not in a better position. You're in a place where you're on the path of destruction. And we may have to say of you, what a waste. No word from the Lord. Look, I don't like to feel guilty. Do you? I hate it actually. You know something worse than feeling guilty about your sin? Is being a child of God and have seared your conscience so much that you feel no guilt about your sin. And if you found yourself in that position and you just keep sinning, you keep living for yourself and living for the flesh and living for the devil and you don't hear from heaven, beware! Wasting your life. No word from the Lord. It's a sad day for Saul. He got no word from the Lord. Number two, an encounter with a witch. Then said Saul unto his, verse number seven, Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. You sure? The same guy that just had cast all the... Yeah, him. The same guy that's cast out all the witches is looking for a witch. You know, it breaks my heart. You meet a lot of people take a strong stand on what is right and what is true and what is real and holy and godly. One of the signs that you've turned your back on the Lord and you're wasting your life is when you excuse sin that was clear to you in years gone by in your Christian experience as something that was wrong. You know, there are things that we get sideways and extra biblical about. We make some changes along the way. But let me tell you something. If you are excusing blatant, outright sin, then you're not in a better place. You're not enlightened. You're not woke. You're not smarter than the average dimwit that believes the Bible. You're on the path to waste your life. Saul had once said, no witches in Israel. Now Saul himself is looking for a witch. He says, find me out one. His servant said, I know one. That's a problem. If you have friends that know where the witches are, you got the wrong friends. You see that? Saul's servants. He says one time, Shaw, where's the witch? They're like, right down here in Endor. We're regulars. By the way, you will. You are or you soon shall be what your friends are. So be careful who you associate with. The witch of Endor, verse 8, Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment, and he went. I've underlined that little phrase, two words, Saul disguised. Saul disguised himself. Let me tell you something. If you have to sneak around and do it, it probably ain't right. Just remember, if you're ashamed for your mom and dad to see it, you probably shouldn't do it. If you're ashamed for your preacher to catch it, you probably shouldn't do it. If you have to disguise and hide and sneak, let me tell you something. Stop it. You're on the path to 
ruin your life. What a waste. He disguises himself and he goes and sees the witch. Verse 9, the woman said to him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? Now look, I really think that God was giving Saul another chance to repent. Saul, if he was at all willing to find God's will and do what was right, when this witch said, Saul doesn't allow witches anymore. If he was willing to hear from heaven, he would have been convicted of his sins. And, Whoa, man, alive. What am I doing? What am I doing here? And he would have stayed disguised and ran for his life. He doesn't. Verse 14, Saul swear to her by the Lord. That breaks my heart. You see that? Saul swear to her by the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He said Jehovah. He said, the covenant God of Israel, Jehovah. He said, I swear to you by God, Jehovah. As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. That breaks my heart. You know it's possible to become so religiously affiliated that you say words like, Lord, Jesus, God, pray. But there's nothing anywhere close to the Lord, God, Jesus, Christ, in your heart. You be careful. You see, when you start using God's name in vain, that's horrible. But when you start using God's name in vain, it shows and proves that your heart has religion and faith that is vain. And I'll just tell you something. If you want to survive... You need a faith that has substance and reality and depth. And your relationship with Jesus should be something more than just a curse word that comes out of your mouth. Oh, Saul, he had an encounter with a witch. Verse 11, then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? He said, Bring me up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. Then the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. The king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. What form is he of? She said, An old man cometh up. He is covered with a mantle. Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground. An encounter with a witch. I wonder, maybe you've found yourself in a position, and you think, I could have never guessed a million years that I'd be right here. But you're there. Your sin has taken you to a place and you can't even believe that you're there. Listen, while you have a chance, run from your encounter with the witch. Run from your encounter with the wickedness that you never dreamed would be possible. Run for your life. Or you'll be like Saul. What a waste. A word from the Lord, an encounter with a witch, and Finally, number three, an indictment from the prophet. The Bible says in verse number 15, Samuel said unto Saul, Why hast thou disquieted? Samuel said, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? Now, some people want to believe that this was some 
demon speaking for Samuel. I'm per personally convinced that the Bible gives us no indication of that at all. And the witch was so scared when she really saw God and something God could do. I think that it was probably a real thing. It's something that God can do. And I'm personally convinced that it's actually Samuel. Samuel speaks up. Why have you just quieted me? Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me. By the way, I'm thinking about this. If you're in heaven and some knothead like Saul uses a witch and God allows you to come back to earth for even a second, you're going to be upset with Saul. <laughs> we don't want, once we get to glory, we'll not want to come back here. Hallelujah. I'm sore distressed for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. I think it's kind of interesting in verse number 5. He doesn't talk to Samuel about the light up the rocks. I think he's probably embarrassed that <laughs> he tried the light up rock trick. Then Samuel said, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee and has become thine enemy? When in the world does God become your enemy? I'll tell you. There's a possibility that God will become your enemy. God becomes your enemy when you've rejected over and over again His grace, His mercy, His salvation. You can reject Him. Please don't. God speaks and sends Samuel to tell Saul, God has become your enemy. Oh, don't waste your life. Verse 17, The Lord hath done to him as he spake by me. The Lord's done to you what he said he'd do. The Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand. He said, Saul, it's over. He's given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Verse 18, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord. He says, you've not been obedient. He said, you weren't obedient to the Lord in your service to me, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. What's that, his fierce wrath? You remember when Samuel came and Saul's puffed his chest out about how they defeated the Amalekites, except he'd not killed the king and Saul, Samuel says to Saul, What meaneth this bleeding of the sheep? He says, You've held back some of what I've told you to destroy. Saul's disobedience. He thought he's smarter than God. Unwillingness to repent. His unwillingness to obey. It is what cost him. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Verse 19. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. My question when I read that, did Saul go to heaven with Samuel? Looks like it's possible. I don't know for sure. But the bottom line is, and we know this is a fact, that next day, Saul had wasted his life. Do you know what else happened? 
Do you know who else dies tomorrow? Jonathan. <laughs> Saul killed Jonathan. Saul's sinfulness and waste of life snuffed out a precious soul like Jonathan is Oh, I'm overcome with the responsibility to live for the Lord because of the people who follow me. You should too. Tomorrow, Samuel said, you will be and your sons will be with me. Oh, don't waste your life. Say yes to the Lord. Verse number 20, Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. There was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day or all the night. Hmm. I can just imagine being at Saul's funeral. All I can think is a waste. Let me show you a proverb. Will you take your Bible and turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 1? We'll end with these five verses or six. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28. The Bible says, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Oh, look, I just want to warn you. It's possible to start your Christian experience head and shoulders above everybody else, goodly in the sight of God because of your sin. At the end of your life, to be looked back on and all somebody could say is, oh, man, Saul, what a waste. Saul, what a waste. Hey, look, you're breathing. God's gift of oxygen and air, that means you have a chance. You have a chance. Don't waste your life. Turn to the Lord. Trust Him. Repent of your sin. Seek Him again. He'll hear you and forgive you. He'll help you. Oh, how we need the Lord. Don't waste your life.